Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so that you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, countless exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that thrives on you not really getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love, play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give you a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get the top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts that have been on the show, and you will see what simple health can be. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Haraski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, special edition. In today's episode, I interview health practitioner, Duncan Reeve. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode to hear what Duncan's definition of happiness is, a healing retreat as part of his future vision, as well as the importance of being worthy of love. Alrighty guys, on the show today I have Duncan Reeve, and Duncan, I want to welcome you to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, and Duncan, the first question that I ask everybody is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Well, okay. Uh, health journey, uh, tired, uh, adrenally fatigued, digestive issues, met Paul Jack in 1999 at a scientific core conditioning weekend. At that point, I was already a personal trainer, but from that weekend, I knew I had to be a check practitioner, and gradually... Over the years since I've been slowly, you know, back then healing myself of you know digestive health, improving uh, energy, and uh, haven't looked back since. Um, I'm not sure if that was ten sentences. No, and and again, that's that's fine. <laughs> Just to keep it concise, and this way we kind of set the stage, see where we can go from here. So that's perfect. Yeah. So, look, all those things that you've had to really work on for yourself. What what's actually the most recent challenge that you've had that you've been addressing for yourself as far as your health? far as my health or any challenges that you've had in general oh. <laughs> okay this is quite a, an easy one uh, it's not uh, <laughs> the most say serious but it certainly it could affect so much um sleep yeah uh, i have a 15 month old uh, baby daughter and uh, she's challenged us with our sleep patterns so i'm guessing that is um the, the health if you like challenge that i'm experiencing at the moment so to operate on less sleep um, you know, she she would feed at least once in the evening. Uh, sorry, I say in the evening. Um, you know, when we're sleeping, maybe uh, it can depend upon the, her rhythms. But we travel um, a fair bit, so we literally just got back from presenting in Amsterdam, and she was great the first uh, two two nights. Then we had to get up really early on the Monday morning to get our flight, and she decided just to have two two and a half hours sleep. So I think we were up from. Uh, let me see, was it about uh, 12, 12.30-ish? Entertainer, you know, the alarm was going off at four to get a bus to the airport. So I think that's my health 
challenge at the problem to, at the moment to uh, to just ensure that those sleep patterns are in some reasonable shape. We try to get to bed as early as we can, but occasionally if the daughter is up and playing and she doesn't want to go to sleep until 10, hey, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I think uh, in our experience and what we believe, we try and set some rhythms for our, our daughter, but, you know, we don't try and condition her to our routine. Um, so hence, we, we've got to be flexible and sometimes we're up playing, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning. It's like, well, hey, this is... Uh, Essentially, this is a bit of fun. We have to forget about our sleep <laughs> next day or just um, a bit more of a zone exercise to re-energize ourselves the next day. But yeah, I think that's, in essence, that's our, our challenge at the moment. Well, and I, I think a lot of people can relate to that, Duncan. And you said, yeah. so you, you spoke of, yeah, doing the zone exercises for energizing, but what other types of things, what other steps will you take to, okay, if you're running on a, a less than full yeah. tank, like what do you do to either recharge your tank or really just make sure that you are very present. You are energized throughout the day with what you need to be able to do as well. Uh, that's a great question. I think quite simply, my partner and I get out in, I would say, nature, fresh air as much as possible. We are in uh, at the base of a small range of mountains called the Jura Mountains, which is um, yeah, in uh, Lake Geneva. And we have the Alps an hour and a half away. But where we are uh, in a lovely small French village, you know, it's one of those villages where it's just got one road through the center. That's the main road. <laughs> so we'll get out there. There won't be many cars, and we'll just take a walk through fields and uh, take our daughter to see the horses, some donkeys, you know, and just nature. So if we're feeling tired, and we'll just get out in, in nature. Sometimes we'll manage to walk together, all three of us. Other times it's, you know, separately. So to recharge, that's probably the most common thing we'll do if we're a bit tired. Just get out in the fresh air because it is beautiful French fresh air. And I think it, it really is a, makes a difference. When we get, maybe get off the plane from traveling somewhere, we come back and it almost hits us immediately. Well, you know, the air is nice and fresh, clean, and I think very energizing, you know. Um, hey, I don't run around <laughs> afterwards like, hey, come on, let's go. You know, like a guy who's just taken three shots of double espresso, but yeah, it, um, it, it certainly helps just to get out in fresh air and appreciate the, the mountains around us. Um, and at the moment, we've got a little bit of snow, so that's always nice to see. Very nice, very nice. Well, you, Duncan, you had mentioned uh, double espresso. How do you like your coffee? What? How do you take it? What, what's your favorite uh, way to drink it here? Well, to be honest, Nick, um, coffee doesn't agree with me. It does upset my digestive system to the degree I get a lot of, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, well, I call it indigestion. Yeah. So unfortunately, a little bit of belching, not too polite. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously it affects the absorption of my food. So in the days that I used to have it, probably when I was still in denial about it, I said, no, 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 I'm fine, I can drink coffee. I would have an espresso and a little bit of butter in there. I think, uh, isn't it um, called uh, Bulletproof Coffee? I think well, it originally states something like this. Yeah. The, actually, Dave Asper, I think he's Canadian even. But yeah. Bulletproof, like, okay, well, there's like the whole blend of the butter, the coconut oil, or the MCT oil on this. And that. It's like, just put some fat in your coffee. It's, <laughs> there, there you go. I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of yeah. how I see it. Uh, so, I mean, that's what I call it. That's what I recommend my clients if they do. that. Yeah, yeah as you say, some from fat in there. But, yeah. I'm afraid I can't do that anymore unless I have some, you know, 
side effects. Well, then maybe do you have, are, are you a fan of tea or do you have any other vices that you like to partake in? <laughs> uh, let me see. Um, not so much. Um, we, are, we are blessed. We have some really good high quality food here. We can get some biodynamic organic food. Um, my other vices, uh, you know, I try and, uh, I try and keep the the gluten-free products to a minimum, but occasionally we may come up against, uh, not come up against, we may find at the French markets where we get most of our food, uh, some bread may be made the old traditional way, you know, like a spelt bread or a bread that the grains have been sprouted. So every now and then we may try some and uh, and see how we feel on that. We tend to douse our food, uh, new food like that. Um, so I wouldn't say there's much of a vice. Probably the coffee is still there. Um, or the, the you know the caffeine or the cacao somewhere. Um, yesterday I had a little bit of chocolate. As I said we previous night we only had two and a half hours sleep, and I was literally falling asleep all day long. Uh, you know looking after my daughter. So um, not a true vice, but if I were to allow it to be, it would be something like you know the the, the caffeine through cacao or or coffee somewhere. All right, all right. So Duncan, now let's get back to a little bit of your. Like you said, you started off tired, you had like the adrenal problems, you had the digestive problems. Like what has been what has been your biggest obstacle really in overcoming where you're at today as far as your health challenges go? Uh, biggest obstacle to overcome. Uh, you know what, Nick, I think I would have to say that would probably be uh, an emotional issue. You know, um Back then, maybe the old beliefs, let's be perfectly honest, that maybe I wasn't confident because I wasn't worthy enough of, um, of praise, of love, if you like, of success. Um, so that's something that I've been working on. You know, obviously, it takes um, some time. But for me, that was a theme through my early years as a Czech practitioner to really establish myself as a Czech practitioner, not just a trainer that has some skills. And I think that was probably the major obstacle. Um, that held me back in the early years from really pursuing what I could do as a, you know, a skilled practitioner. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it would probably be that and utilizing maybe the skills of other experts and learning other techniques to help just peel away those layers, um, you know, those old beliefs and to emerge with stronger new beliefs of um, essentially, you know, self-worth, confidence, uh, and the ability to go out and create what we've now created today. Well, Duncan, I, I know you uh, you and Jenny have a webinar coming up on something similar to this, I, I imagine, where it's, it's really showing practitioners how to really, – actually, I'd rather have you expand upon it, but there are a lot of practitioners that do listen to the show. Uh, so – I, I know for myself, like this is still a challenge that comes up too. So if you would please expand upon that. And, and also if you want to go into a little bit of how you help to overcome uh, some of those limiting beliefs as well, that would be awesome, please. Okay. Um, please feel free to jump in and remind me because I sometimes go off track a little <laughs> Not bit. Not a problem. <laughs> too much detail, as my partner will tell me. Um, but the, essentially the webinar came about because – you know, I've been a faculty member since 2010, and I would experience a lot of the students. And that's you know, for the check-in. Maybe short. 
That's for the check institute, just so everybody knows what you're talking about. Oh, yes. Of. Yeah, yeah. That's the check institute, yes. And, um, and, but also, at some of the events we would uh, present at conventions, it would be other non check professionals as well personal trainers, gym instructors, studio instructors. And we just found that many of them were great at what they did and really loved working with people, but didn't really know how to maybe take that, those skills into what I call the marketplace or their community and really develop their business outside of their own small maybe niche that was their clinic or their personal training studio or the gym that they were working in. And we frequently get asked when we teach, how did you manage to set up in Switzerland? How did you become guys you are you know, today? What did you do? Um, and this is an area that is growing in the Czech uh, information system to provide more information. But I felt that they, they needed something that was simple, easy to, uh, to understand and apply um, you know, to their lives. So I guess this has been a, a little dream of mine for the last two, maybe three years to put something together that was real simple. And it was, okay, linked into our story so I could make it relatable. So it isn't just say some guy reading from a textbook or calling from a textbook, etc. And everything we will talk about on the, uh, the webinar course is something that I have tried. Some of them that I've tried and failed at and realized that I was doing something uh, not technically wrong, but you know, not as effective as I could. Uh, so we try and relate a lot of that, that, those stories, but just some basics. Okay, how do you, do you really get out and gain some form of uh, awareness of you in the marketplace? And that goes very simply to presenting talks, talks any way you can, uh, but to an audience that you know is receptible. Um, so it's all of those key tips or processes to put in place so that when you do give a talk, you kind of know your audience and you've presented to them information that you know they are interested in as opposed to what you're interested in. And then the uh, points around that talk as to how to get, obviously capture their attention, keep their attention, and to pro provide them with a great call to action at the end. Should they wish to have more information? Should they wish they then hire you as an individual? Um, so it's all of those processes put together to essentially build up, if you like, a following or a business or a, a expanding on the client base, or uh, as um, some business coaches have told me, you know, creating that funnel system so that people come through a, a large funnel that you kind of collect their information, their data, or they're interested in you or your business, and how to track that and to make that work for you as a business. Because at the end of the day, as let's say as personal trainers, gym instructors, or check practitioners, I believe we're all helping people to feel happier and healthier, you know, feeling happy about their bodies because they're maybe losing a little bit of body fat or getting toned for uh, a dress or, you know, you name it, or for an event. And I believe that's all about helping that person feel happier and getting some health or improved health through some nutritional knowledge. So to me, it's, I think it's part of, if you like, Paul Check's legacy of just trying to heal the planet, if you like, if you want to get a little bit, um, um, philosophical or to help improve the health of the, the, the world as it were, you know, one person at a time. And I think I'm very much part of that big machine that is the Czech Institute. And I'm just trying to do my best to share my passion, my stories and what I've learned along the way, as I said, what works, what doesn't work um, through, um, you know, many years of essentially being a Czech practitioner, but probably more crucial years of 
actually a year and a half before we moved to Switzerland and since we got here. You know, the real hard work. I remember chatting to a colleague about this, and we both kind of agreed that being a Czech practitioner or skilled therapist or trainer is great, but if you're family is reliant on you being good at your job to pay the bills you have to get really good i think you have to become a really good salesman someone who's really good at marketing uh let alone someone who's good at their job in terms of the hands-on stuff to survive and we went through you know quite a few years doing that because when we came to or we, we set up to switzerland many people our family included thought we were crazy because we didn't have the typical business plan you know, so, okay, you, you've borrowed X amount of money from the bank or, you know, you're going into an institution that is going to pay you at X amount. We didn't do any of that. We just went on our belief as practitioners that, hey, if it's meant to be, it's going to come off because we believe very strongly in what we can provide for people, helping improve their health with the knowledge that we've learned through the years from Paul and from other uh, specialists about how to set this up. And, uh, yeah, we may have gone around it a slightly longer way to begin with. <laughs> we soon learned on the, on the road, as it were. And we had to adapt and change pretty quickly because we needed to survive. So I, for instance, for the first nine months, I was flying out to Switzerland every week for two to three days, giving presentations, developing a network, you know, knocking on doors of medical professionals, uh, seeing some clients, running some workshops to build if you like, a little bit of a movement or an understanding or some um, awareness of our company, Peak Wellbeing. And after that nine months, uh, we then moved lock, stock and barrel over here. You know, the whole business, uh, you know, my family, it was just Jenny and I at the time, so it was slightly easier, but, you know, then to live in France and to still go through all of the, um, you know, the red tape, as it were, to be able to continue to do that and live in the mountains, work, pay the bills, and enjoy our dream and that's been over four and a half years now so I like to to sort of give that story because it's like more credibility it's like I'm I mean my partner Jenny says look you got to tell these guys that don't be afraid to be appear you know a little bit arrogant or big-headed because I I have this issue I don't want to come across like that but she says no they need to know that we now you know generate a six-figure income from essentially working two and a half days a week each Right. Because one of our core values was that we would look after our daughter between us. We wouldn't um, leave her with a, a nanny or a crash or anything like this. It was she's going to be with her parents, uh, one of her parents, almost 24-7, relatively speaking. In, in right, right. So we, we got to be able to achieve this and that income from working essentially two and a half days a week or part-time, if you like. And by pulling all of those skills, all of that experience together and what we've learned from Paul Jack and I say many other um, people along the way in terms of maybe some business advice, business coaching, to be able to do that and sustain it and, uh, you know, look at <laughs> even developing further projects and, and dreams and ambitions. Um, so I'm hoping I answered your questions there, Nick, and gave you uh, what you were looking for. I, I think you definitely did because a lot of that even speaks home for me and I, I think you don't have to be a Czech professional. You don't have to be a personal trainer. Like this goes across a lot of different areas, and it's yes. that's what it's about. Who are you looking to help? You're you're looking to help people get happy, healthy, and help expand that through the world. And and that's what it sounds like to me. And the 
yes, I mean, that's who you're catering to primarily, but people need to understand, like, that's, that's a lot of what goes on in life. Like, whatever business, whatever thing that you're doing, sales is a part of that. If you're, you're selling yourself, you're selling your services, you, you need to be able to show people what it is that you do. Uh, yeah. So then off of that, okay. So talk about happiness, talk about health. What is your definition of happiness? I think initially what came into my head was waking up with a smile on your face or may not be waking up with a smile on your face, but it could be in any situation throughout the day and catching yourself smiling or feeling that sensation of wanting to smile. Uh, as I said, you know, sometimes we're playing with my daughter up at 10 o'clock uh, when you think, well, I wish you went to bed two hours ago. So <laughs> um, but it's just catching yourself, I think, for me, in moments like that, or going for a walk, or going to the market to buy food, and enjoying that moment, whatever that moment is, uh, and being able to kind of have an inner feeling or an if like inner smile or just smiling. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm smiling 24-7 on that type of guy, but most of the time we can sit down and... Uh, you know, maybe have dinner together and occasionally we'll play this nice game that come from um, one of the, uh, the, the people we learned from, like the gratitude game. I don't know if you've heard of this or something similar. And we just may go through what we're thankful for throughout the day. Uh, so I think that's a very important part of every, everyone's lives. And we use that as a technique to help some of our clients maybe feel a little bit better in a given moment about their current situation and where they are. Uh, and I forgot to mention in the webinar series, we there was a whole section on the law of attraction and something that we've been studying for a long time now. And again, we, we look around at some of the specialists and they provide some wonderful information about the law of attraction. But I do believe in our industry, sometimes we can get caught or some people get caught up in maybe overcomplicating it. And so we pride ourselves in trying to keep it real simple. So a little technique of like the gratitude list, um, either first thing in the morning or last thing at night, you know, again, just to go through that, well, what are you thankful for? What do you really enjoy in a given day to help change one's feeling? Because um, this, I think, is a big component. When people do talk about, um, you know, when they're coaching about how to help their clients overcome, you know, some painful emotions, some beliefs, or, you know, maybe what you asked earlier about how, I managed to change my feelings or beliefs about self-worth and confidence. And a lot of people will intellectualize that and provide some intellectual answers and, and, and uh, maybe complicated ways of going around that. But I think it's real simple. Based upon the work of uh, Jerry and Esther Hicks, Teachings of Abraham, I think ultimately if you can find something or uh, think about something that makes you feel a little bit better or as we like to call uh, Esther likes to call it not us I'm sorry I should maybe clear you know it's based upon Esther's work is a better feeling thought than maybe the one that you currently have that's maybe keeping you a little bit down or or um, not necessarily fully upset if you like but something that isn't allowing your full self to shine or your energy to come through so, yes, yeah, just work, figuring out or working on a better feeling thought of something. So sometimes my partner will you know, look around at me if it is late. 
Like I think, uh, was it uh, two nights ago, as I said, we were just in Amsterdam, had to get up early. And uh, I think it was half past three. For the last hour and a half, two hours, we were hoping that she'd fall asleep, just so we can get maybe another hour of sleep. And then my partner, we're, we're sort of on the bed playing, but she turned around and looked at me and she said, so what would be your better feeling thought about this? And I, and I was, it had been a long weekend. You know, we, we were teaching a lot, presenting a lot. And I said, um, I'm thinking that at least we're not going to oversleep and miss the alarm in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've got to make it real, what's relative in life, and find these little things that, you know, like make you laugh, like you just did then, Nick, and, you know, see the funny side or the slightly happier side, or if you want to go that to the more positive side. But coming back to something that makes you feel a little bit better. Because there I was, sat on the bed thinking, well, I've had about two, two and a half hours sleep. We've got to travel. You know, I'm a, yeah, a man uh, that obviously, as I'm sure you are yourself, that you provide yourself on providing for the family, don't you, in terms of looking after. I mean, Jenny will ask me, said, hey, you know, when we travel, hey, are you okay? I said, yeah, 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 I'm just quiet. And I have this, I think, this travel anxiety, because there I am. It's not just Jenny and I, but it's a 15-month, 16-month-old baby daughter. And I'm sure you've experienced the same when you do go somewhere, there's this feeling of I've got to make sure that we're all we've got all our, our bits and pieces, that we're all together and we get there on time and we don't miss anything, we're well fed and watered, we've got everything we need. And I think that's something that's just sort of ingrained. And it's only when I get somewhere I feel the sense of relief. Ah, we're here, we've got everything. We've got the buggy, that arrived safely, we've got all the water, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it's it's an inbuilt mechanism for us males to provide and to be protective of our family in that way, just to make sure that everything's safe. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm sorry, I, I actually forgot where I was originally answered what I was answering there. I, I apologize. So. No, I, I mean, talking about the happiness, going through the gratitude, but that, that last point too can really hit home for me. I mean, our son actually is eight months old uh, today that we we're recording this. So, like, Brilliant. yeah, and, and I, I can definitely relate. Like, we haven't really taken any big trips yet. I mean, little places here and there, but it's always like, all right, is everything in order? Or I, I feel like I have to be the last one that goes to bed almost. Like, make sure he's asleep. Like, make sure my wife's like, everybody's okay. Like, the house is settled. The dogs are like good. Everything there. Uh, no, so I, I never thought about it from that standpoint before. Yeah. But, I can absolutely relate uh, to that. So no, that that was that was excellent. Um, before I forget, we, we didn't even go over uh, this webinar is coming out soon. I want to make sure to address that before uh, we forget because hey, this is going to be this is Aaron today, but it's going to be uh, launched in a few days. If you want to just give everybody the quick information on that, so we don't forget at the end there too, please. Oh, great, thank you. Yeah, the webinar of course starts on uh, March the twenty second at seven p.m. UK time, so um, Greenwich Mean Time, I believe that is. Um, so it's UK England time. Uh, that's a 90-minute webinar, and there will be one every month for six months after. So it's a total of six webinars for 90 minutes. So I guess it'll go on longer because of the question and answer session at the end. Uh, the the attendees will get homework in between. They have to look at review and submit within one to two weeks before the next webinar. So I can ensure we're all on track, etc. And uh, yeah, each webinar is based upon a different uh, section of the, if you like, the journey of from starting off, how do you develop a networking list to then end up providing with, with a course or a, a talk, etc. So yeah, we're pretty excited about that, um, putting the content together and 
you're making sure it's you know real user friendly. Uh, so yeah, I think I answered that question on that. And where can everybody find more about that, just in case they're interested then too? Oh, okay, yeah, um, that would be technically on uh, the uh, Facebook page. I think uh, Peak of Wellbeing Facebook page. There is uh, a nice advert on there. I think I'll post something today, Nick, about this lovely uh, opportunity I got to, to speak to you and share with you um, on the uh, the Facebook page for Peak of Wellbeing. Perhaps if you do have a link to this, I could put that on there as well. Absolutely. Um, so, and, I mean, and I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes and anything. So if anybody has questions, but I just want to make sure we had that. So for anybody who's interested, they can definitely get hold of you, get uh, in contact yeah. for that type of thing too. Yeah. And for more information, they can email me at Duncan at peakofwellbeing.com. Perfect. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's jump back into some other things here then too. Uh, all right, Duncan. I see. Hey, you're, you're in, you're in the gym there. Uh, I can see yes. in the background then. So, what is what is your current exercise or movement routine look like? What are, what are some of the things that you've been uh, maybe trying recently, or do you have a staple that you like to really stick with? Uh, what I've been trying recently, um, I think just been experimenting a little bit more on some shoulder for for um, you know, some clients. Um, so I guess there would be that. There is a stable, I guess, for me is the primal movement patterns, you know, squat, lunge, etc. I've been playing with some variations of a lunge um, using kettlebells or a weight. Um, it's a weight belt, but not the typical weight belt. It's a belt where you use to attach weight to. So you can squat, but you don't have to have the, you know, the weight or the bar, if you like, across the shoulders. So that's still something else. Like. So I, I must admit, I, I stay with those patterns. You know, pulls and uh, bends and some pushes on a Swiss ball. But I do like to experiment within those patterns and have a little bit of fun because I, I'm one of those that gets a little bit, I wouldn't say bored, but I like to mix it up a little bit, you know, when I'm in the gym or playing around. And yes, yeah, sometimes, depending on, say, on the client's issues that I have, I may be going through some movements and some exercises that I believe would be appropriate for that client in terms of their programs further on. So I do play around for clients. So, you know, doing some research because some of my clients, they don't have a gym. They can't get to see me every week. Uh, you know, I once had um, back in the UK, one of my clients was uh, um, basically a cabin manager for British Airways. And one of the times I was uh, going to LA, well, San Diego for the Czech Institute, uh, you know, I was traveling by BA. She'd arranged my travel, so I actually was upgraded to first class. And um, because she spent so much time traveling, she had knee issue that I was in initially hard to help her with. So I'm figuring out, well, you know, okay, when she's traveling, what can I give her to do? And when she's on a long haul flight, what can I give her to do that she gets some movement? And uh, so I was just figuring this out and just playing around. You know, this was probably about six or seven hours into a flight. And, you know, from first class, it's in the jumbo jet. So I'm going up and down the little stairs to first class. And there was a gathering of some stewardesses, you know, in a, sort of the kitchen area near to the bottom of these stairs. I was going up and down, came up and down you know, a few times. I could just see them looking. And then I could just sort of say, look at each other and said, it's coming up. <laughs> and then after a, a few minutes, one of them said, um, are you Duncan Reeve? I said, uh, yeah, why? 
Oh, right. So that's what you're doing. You're, you're Sharon's corrective exercise special, so you're figuring out some exercise for <laughs> You know, because I was up in the first uh, um, um, the business class or whatever, um, lounge, you know, doing some lunges, trying to learn some movements and having people step around me and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, sometimes I just got to figure out how I can provide someone with um, some movement, you know, when they're in a hotel room over a weekend or something or, or on a plane. So, yeah, to answer your question, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to be creative and play around in the gym. I, I, I like it. I can definitely relate. Uh, it's just otherwise I just get bored with it. I got to keep trying, mixing it up. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a lot of fun. And I think that's a great way, though, too, because you have to put yourself in your client's shoes for a moment because otherwise you could tell her, you could have set her up with a fantastic exercise program, corrective, everything there, but if she couldn't do it, if it wasn't practical for her, it wouldn't have really mattered. But now you understand where she's at and I think that goes a long way in being able to help her out then as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now, Duncan, I want to know a little bit maybe about your routines. Um, I'm For myself, I know a lot of people too, are they're fans of their morning routines. They're very set in their ways. Do you have a specific morning routine that you have from the time that you get up until you head off to work in the morning, uh, something that you do that first 60, maybe 90 minutes of the day? On the, the days where, it, uh, let me see, where it usually works out as to be my day for working, that's usually Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe half day on the Thursday afternoon. I try and get up in the morning whilst, uh, you know, Jen may be feeding Bella, just take myself off to um, to another room and literally just lay down and literally be some form of breathing exercise or a zone and just to go through almost like that gratitude type of list at times. Sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll just allow my mind to maybe process the stuff I've got to try and complete in that given day. So try and formulate a little bit of order in, in the mind. Okay, right. I need to do this by this time so I can be ready, prepared for this. Um, Etc. So that was probably be a regular. Uh, then by you know mid morning, it would be if I'm looking after Bella. Okay, make sure everything's prepared so I can either go out for a walk with Bella, take around the the village on a little three wheeler trike or in a buggy, or I'm going for a drive if the weather's really bad. She needs to sleep. So it'll be that based around Bella and Jenny. Typically, I guess my it sometimes switches between being uh, mid to late morning and maybe mid-afternoon for my training sessions, depending upon the days. Uh, if I'm here in the gym working, it's usually in the afternoon. Other times when, say, Jenny's working, I'm looking after Bella, it may be grabbing it in the morning when Jen is uh, you know, helping feed or prepare Bella. So, and sometimes weekends is a little bit, um, it fluctuates. But I suppose the rhythms uh, are... One, getting up and just relaxing, laying on the mat, maybe doing some zonal stretching, mobilizations. The afternoon or mid-morning, walking out in fresh air with Bella. And the afternoons, so when I'm working in between, say, clients, because sometimes I travel into Geneva to see clients, getting in and being able to have a workout. Um, so trying to cram that all into two and a half days a week, my routines works, honestly, just for me and I'm working, seeing clients, and then trying to get some workouts in. It sometimes changes. So I have a routine, but it's like I, I like to call it, it's not set in stone. So it can be, uh, it can change. So for instance, on Friday, I've got a big uh, presentation to make to a big uh, ladies group in, in Geneva here. 
and that's usually Jen's working day. So she's unfortunately had to take her clients and put them into my normal working days. So sometimes we just have to be flexible. We'll sit down and say, okay, great. I need two hours here. I've got these sessions here. Great. So we sometimes have to juggle. And then it's like, okay, right. And it's literally, okay, there's 20 minutes there. I've got a window of 20 minutes. Right. I'm down to the gym. I'm going to do something. You know, and, and Jen's the same. Um, if we, where the sleeping patterns are good, we try and do something early in the morning. Like Jenny would get up early. Sometimes it's at 5.30, she'll get up. And then she'll come down into the gym, work out, meditate, do some of her writing, and you know go from there. I must admit, I'm not quite the early bird that she is <laughs> um, in terms of working out. But if it's some movement or stretching or you know just get some fresh air, occasionally I'll do that when the weather's not as quite as cold for half an hour. Um, so yeah, it's it's flexible within. There's some structure within it, but it is flexible. And I think you know, as you know, being a father. You sometimes have to be, don't you? Uh, because the baby dictates. Absolutely. Can they, yeah. You know, what's going on? It's like, oh, I can't just leave the baby in the corner and go and have a workout or go and do this because I've got to prepare lunch for Jenny because she's got a busy day or vice versa. Or Yeah, I think that answers the question. I'm, I'm hoping and, that did. No, and it did, Duncan. And I think it, that's something that a lot of people can take away because people think, well, okay, you're, you're a health and wellness practitioner. I mean, you live, breathe, help. But yeah. you also recognize that you have to be able to adapt as your day goes on. Right. Yeah. You may not be able to get the same movement in every day that you want to. Yeah. You may not get the sleep that you want every single night. But that doesn't mean that you're not setting yourself up for those best practices. And yes. that's important for everybody to keep in mind because, okay, people that are at the top of the top in the health wellness field, well, they still are people too and they have lives and things change. So thank you for sharing that because I, I, I want people to understand, no, it's, it's, it's not about having to be perfect with every aspect of your health. It's doing the best you can at the time that you can. Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Nick. Yeah. Doing the best you can, doing the best you can. I think that's a great important point you, you, you brought up not being perfect because I don't believe in this life we can ever be perfect. I think it's just a perception. But if we're always looking to achieve to be the best we can be in that given circumstance, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and as you're talking, that just reminded me of we have um, a total gym. Uh, you, know, you know, total gym? Yeah, yeah. It's a fashion one that used to be advertised on, what was it, the, the shopping channels by Chuck Norris. It was Chuck Norris and, and Christy Brinkley. <laughs> Everybody knows about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we. Um, once we had the equipment, we put it down here. I left the total gym up in technically Bella's room. It's got a big room, changing mat and you know stuff in there and big stretching mat. So we'd leave it in there. So in the evenings, when Bella wanted to play and so they go to sleep, Jenny and I would sometimes take it in turns on the total gym doing some rows or something. And of course, Bella was interested. So it was great because it added a little bit of resistance. You know, put her on my lap and then here I go. We're doing the, you know, the shot <laughs> nights, some, some rows there. So yeah, sometimes we... We had to do that, and it was we try to make it fun for the family, um, fun for Jan and me. And but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was just making the best of, of what you got in the given situation. I think if we can all look at that and look at that as something that is there anyway, and, and go with it to a degree, um, I think it it really reduces a lot of stress. Yeah, you know, because I know guys. Well, I have to go and have my workout. I have to do this. I have to do this, and. Um, you know, yeah, I think there's that relatability. It's almost as though if you come across like that as a robot, 
clients don't really see that as achievable for themselves. So sometimes they get a little bit turned off. You know what, when we're presenting with clients, they say, oh, oh, thank goodness you say that. You know, we thought you were perfect, you were this. And it's like, hell no. <laughs> we're still working on stuff. You know, we still mess up occasionally. It's life, isn't it? And we adapt to make the best of it in that given moment. All right. So, Duncan, what is, what is something that you think that others think is insane? Something, something that you believe in that people are like, no, that's just crazy. Or something that you, or something that's maybe like mainstream, like very conventional that you think is absolutely insane. Uh, when you say when people, that could be anyone, clients, family, anyone. Yeah. I no. mean, something that you see maybe even that comes up a lot where it's just like, this is something that's always been ingrained in people, but you're not really sure why it is. Uh, I think... Probably the best answer I could give to that is how the relationship of food and one's emotional state it obviously affects the physical body because we spend most of our time as you know senior health professionals dealing with clients who have such issues. And initially, I think we're regarded as complete crazy loonies because we say, well, you know, your thoughts can affect your your essentially your body, your emotions will affect your body. The food you put in your mouth will affect your body. And so there's that initial, well, you, you're crazy. What are you talking about? So I guess from that aspect, that's that answer. And I think, unfortunately, the human nature, and if you like, we maybe go a little bit deeper, what people are led to believe through perhaps, dare I say, about, you know, stepping on dangerous, in dangerous territory, media advertising about what is healthy and what isn't that is something that yeah i understand but i still think as a concept it's crazy in you know uh life today that so many individuals are bombarded with information from all you know outlets that x amount is good it's healthy etc and then when it comes to their own health, they themselves aren't particularly healthy. They have health issues. And to suggest something to them that I say their beliefs or what they're eating is affecting their health. And to see that response as though, man, you're crazy. No, my doctor told me that's wrong. Or no, I read this, uh, this article that's wrong or this whatever. And that to me is still, okay. You know, it's a lot, almost like take a pause and then just remembering where that client is just in their, their terms of what they understand to be true in their, if you like, their circumstances or their world. And then maybe spending the time to help educate and slowly bit by bit to try and link that for them. So they hopefully get to, that's our, our game, our, our, our goal, pardon me, to get them to that point where they begin to realize, oh, right, so this particular food that I'm maybe eating you're telling me it may not be helping my arthritis or my digestive health. Okay. All right. To the point where they're going to say, okay, you know what? Duncan, can you help me avoid this food for a couple of weeks so I can see how it changes? So I think it's that, that there's that, if you like, the ignorance is a strong word. And it sounds as though, you know, the clients are wrong. I'm not saying that. It's just the un their understanding. 
that's been ingrained in them for so long through these outlets. And sometimes it's still, I think it's still a little bit, well, hey, I guess that's human nature for marketing to be rammed down people's throats constantly, constantly, constantly. And some people go to the extreme and say, you know, people are controlled by media and, and governments and this to think that something is healthy or something is good for well-being when it clearly isn't. It's just to generate income, money for some company. Um, how that is still so strongly out there in the world. Um, and I guess that's why I'm passionate about sharing this information as a health and performance coach so that people have the choice to continue to do what they do even though they haven't achieved the, the health that they want or make a change. And so ultimately, it's, I think we like to call it as us, we're peeling away the resistance to change, getting someone to a point where they're more open to, okay, maybe that idea sounds crazy, but I'm beginning to get to the point where I'm willing to try it. Then it's like, hallelujah, you know, brilliant. Okay, there you go. Um, and I always try and get the clients to experience something, to feel something for themselves, rather than just take my word for it. So then they feel it. it's like, okay, great. I feel better. That's what I wanted to feel in the first place. There must be something in this. This this English guy isn't so crazy after all. <laughs> so, yeah. So going off that, Duncan, then, what would your vision for a healthy future be, say, in... 10 years in 100 years that that can be for you and your family or just for the 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 whole global health in general even uh, i think for me and my family would be a certainly a retreat where people can literally come in from all over the world and spend time with us literally being immersed in that if you like i wouldn't say culture that may bring some crazy sort of ideas but the way we live the way we eat, sleep, breathe, move, etc., cultivate our food, and you know, go through a practice of rehabilitation. Uh, so that is something that's very high on our agenda. That's another big project, one of our dreams, and to also have pay people coming in to work within that centre that have other skills that maybe I don't have that suit different types of uh, clients, if you like, or what they currently need. Um, so that is for us so that people can continually come to a center and what we like to say truly heal. So we'll deal with the physical, the mental, emotional aspects of the human body so they can achieve that complete uh, healing, if you like, or rehabilitation. Um, and also to share our works via webinars. Uh, and to speak, present, and to teach around the world for corporations, uh, groups, etc. We love to travel. Uh, we love to see different experiences, different cultures. So I think that's part of our, if you like, uh, part of the movement or legacy that I think Paul Checker started. Globally, I'd like to think that there are many other guys with the same passion as Jenny and myself to do the very same thing, but in their own way, whether that's just in their, if you like, their own personal training studio or their own clinic in their own town somewhere. Sharing the information that they know to be true based upon their experience with themselves and their clients to do the same thing, to say, hey, 
this is what has worked for me or for this client with this particular issue. Why don't you try this for yourself and tell us how you feel afterwards? So we're just slowly and gradually spreading information about what it is to be truly healthy or to go back, if you like. Probably this is a term that's used an awful lot. Going back to Mother Nature, you know, eating from the land, healthy foods, um, being in, in sync with maybe the, the, the rhythms of Mother Nature, the seasons, um, moon cycles, etc. Light, dark. Um, to be able to just be as healthy as we were, you know, centuries ago, where we didn't have so much um, influence of media, electromagnetic pollution, etc. You know, I don't want to sound like a lunatic now and turn people off, but yeah, just to, so that people have the choice, and you know, whether it be black and white. Right and wrong, if you want to call it that, or maybe the information from, dare I say, sources that aren't necessarily the best option for them and the best option. So they have that choice. Uh, and the, us as individuals and certainly the students we help coach and mentor, there's always giving them the choice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So, sorry, everybody. We lost, we lost that connection there for a second. Duncan, you were saying uh, always giving people the choice, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's imperative. Otherwise, we may come across as just another organization that's trying to, if you like, tell an individual what we uh, what they should do. And I'm sure you probably the exact same as me. Anyone who tries to tell me what to do to me is a complete <laughs> turn off. Yeah. So yeah, it's very important for us that we give the choices and, and, and lay the reasons out for that rather than just telling you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to quit eating, drinking, that kind of stuff. Um, and just provide them choices, even if they say, well, I don't want to do that. Okay, great. Let's find the next best option for you. And hopefully, you know, as I say, we, we coach the students, and when we mentor lots of students within the Czech Institute, that for them to do the same, because I believe when a lot of the students, when they begin to pass their first course, etc., they're very evangelistic. Evangelical. Thank you very much, yes. And then, then, you know, it's like preaching, you must do this, you got to do that. You gotta... And I think we've all done it. Right. But it's just like moving back from that and saying, okay, yeah, we know that to be true. But if we do this as individual, they're going to be put off within the first five minutes. So let's just take it slow, give them the options. And so they choose and you're more likely to get, gain success. They're more likely to, to feel better. Hey, presto, everyone's happy. Because at the end of the day, it's the client that uh, is boss, isn't it really? The client that needs the help. And I believe we do our best to help that client, be it different personalities, different situations. Um, that's, that's, to me, a highly skilled practice that can look at that individual and see what they need, but also to see and understand how they need that information conveyed to them. You know, when it's right to say, you know, push them a little bit, and when it's right to just put the arm around them and say, hey, this is okay, don't worry about that. Please don't feel ashamed of not being able to to complete your action points for this week. You know, maybe it was my fault. I gave you too many. Let's just give you one for the next couple of weeks for you to do and work on. Because I know you've got a stressful situation. You know, you're a single parent, you're looking after your children, or you're working, or, you know, your husband's away so much. Um, so, you know, hey, you know, human uh, human beings are sometimes very complicated, complicated lives. And to sometimes take on uh, new projects or change can be very stressful for them. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to, to change or take on something new. So, just being aware of that and working within that, their own 
realistic um, time frame. It's very important to give them the choices. Excellent. Very important to us. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, a couple last questions uh, before we wrap up here that I ask everybody who comes on the show. And first one is, who would you want to hear on this podcast? And what would you want to ask them or hear them talk about? Well, what springs to mind would be someone in the public eye that is very popular, essentially loved by many. So I'm thinking of celebrities, film stars, someone like that who has a very balanced outlook on life and health and nutrition. I think believing in the power of the media for, in a good way, that the more of those guys can say, this is what I do, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff I, I eat that helps me to stay healthy. And, you know, obviously the information they're given is something that, that works and we, we all kind of all agree in, you know, not like the starvation diets, not like the, just the, the juiced fast for, you know, for weeks and months on end, they never really eat properly, that they maintain their slim body weight. But something that's real, um, that the public, I think, or that aspect of the public that do look at celebrities and look at someone like that as if, say, oh, well, that's fantastic, they do this. I think I'll try that to create some change. Um, you know, I'll give you maybe an example. It might not be the best one, but, um, oh, there's a guy, there's an actor now his, his name has gone from my head. He's a young Irish actor. He, uh, he played in Alexander the Great. Uh, Colin Farrell. Yes, okay. Colin Farrell, I understand, was a young Irish boy. He had a lot of energy in him, and he used to be a hellraiser, from what I understand. You know, he used to drink a lot and so therefore get in a lot of trouble. And he's changed somewhat. He's got a more balanced outlook. He tries to get a little bit more healthy food, using some juices occasionally, and he goes to yoga regularly. So, you know, it may be an example if some males are going through that process of having challenges in life, and they tend to, you know, change or turn to drink or maybe some drugs to, you know, maybe to self-medicate themselves. You know, if that particular, say, incidence or story helps someone to think, well, okay, Colin Farrell did it, you know, maybe I could. Um, well, getting too caught up in, in that, you know, um, addiction or love of a celebrity lifestyle, but just something like that that creates a more awareness to the masses. You know, something that's great. true um, and beneficial for you know, the masses, rather than I say, you know, the, the, the crazy Hollywood diets, etc. but something that truly helps people. Oh, right, that's interesting. Maybe I should try that with a family for a few weeks and see how that benefits them, you know. Um, so I think that's what, you know, someone like that on a show like this or, you know, in the public eye that has the influence. Absolutely. People want to say, hey, let's look at, oh, do you see who's on this podcast with Nick this week? This, this, this actor or this, maybe even a politician. Yeah. Or something that, you know, oh, right. He's normal because he has his problem as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. You know, so I think something like that would be being totally specific in terms of a name. That works, Duncan. Thank you. Thank you. Well, finally, uh, we talked a little bit about it before, but where can our listeners find out more about you? More about us? Yes. Uh, that would be uh, our activities probably on the Peak of Wellbeing Facebook page. We also have uh, peakofwellbeing.com website. There's a little bit on there. Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it needs a little bit of work. Uh, I'm not very technically minded when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> so I have to get people to do it for me. But, yeah, there's some information on there. 
how they can find out a little bit more about us, what we do, and uh, yeah, listening to this fantastic podcast that you've you put together. That would be a pretty cool thing. Um, or just emailing us directly and saying, hey, I heard you on this. Tell me a little bit more about yourself because we always offer what we call a complimentary consultation with anyone that wishes to ask you know, about how we work or how we may be able to help them with their health concern. And we do that by Skype for you know up to 45 minutes or an hour if it's a complicated case to be able to do that or do more. So that's another way they can just, hey, I heard you on the show. Please tell me more. Can I arrange that complimentary consultation, please? All right. Well, everybody, hey, go out there. Check out Peak Wellbeing. Contact Duncan if you have any questions. Uh, and make sure any practitioner is interested. Check out the webinar. Email them. Find out more about this. Head over to the Facebook page and you will be able to find everything there. If you have any questions, I'll put all the notes in the barenakedhealthpodcast.com uh, uh, show notes here. And again, Duncan, finally, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast, and uh, thank you again. Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed myself and sharing and talking with you. And maybe we can do this again in the future sometime, and I look forward to hearing from you. That sounds great. Thank you, Duncan. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Nick, and the same to you. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get your top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts to help you simplify your health journey. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Also, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. Mm-hmm.